This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. My guest here today on Digging in the Dirt is Louise Harrison, who is Long Island Natural Areas Manager for Save the Sound. Louise is a conservation biologist who has served on Long Island in federal, New York State, and Suffolk County agencies, as well as in leadership and consulting positions for not-for-profit environmental organizations. She has extensive field experience working in Long Island's coastal communities and natural ecosystems from the boroughs of New York City to Montauk and Orient Points, and has received numerous awards for open space preservation efforts. She currently is working on behalf of Save the Sound in an advisory capacity with the local community group Save Matatuck Inlet, or SMI. This group is opposed to the plans for the inlet proposed by the North Fork Business Strong's Yacht Center. Welcome, Louise. Nice to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Kevin. It's so nice to be here with you today. Thank you. So let's just start off. Maybe you can describe the uh, what the Mattituck Inlet looks like today. Mattituck Inlet is a waterway that is the only navigable waterway east of Port Jefferson Harbor on the north shore of Long Island. It's a relatively long creek. The inlet has some jetties that keeps it open to navigation. It has a federal navigation channel in it. It's beloved by boaters and uh, kayakers and bird watchers. And there are beaches on either side of the inlet where people recreate. Over the years, the, the water quality's been studied quite a bit and it seems to be on the upswing with improvements in um, in stormwater collection. Let's see, to describe it further, I would have to say that most of the waterway is uh, wooded in one way or another, whether it's trees in people's backyards or swaths of forest. And it's a magnificent place. A lot of people access Long Island Sound from there? Yes, they do. And as I said, it is the only uh, navigable waterway east of Port Jefferson. And there's a long stretch of Long Island that extends from Port Jefferson east. I mean, there is there is um, Mount Sinai Harbor just to the east of Port Jefferson. But then there's a very long swath of Long Island all the way out to Orient Point. And so if if you're in any of those eastern communities and you want to get out to Long Island Sound, you either have to go west to Port Jefferson or Mount Sinai Harbor or or find your way to Mattituck Inlet. I get it. So along the inlet, there's a business called Strong's Yacht Center, and they're making a proposal. Why don't you explain to us what that proposal is? Yes, and the Strong's actually have uh, two businesses at Mattituck Inlet. One is up at the head of the creek, which in this case would be south uh, near a uh, major roadway that goes east-west on the North Fork. And then the other is a a yacht center up not too far from the mouth of the creek at the north end. And that proposal is to build two giant propane-heated yacht storage buildings, each over an acre in size, and uh, replacing uh, acres of forest and requiring the removal of 134,000 cubic yards of sand, as well as all the the trees and the other things in a forest um, in order to 
put in these buildings. So um, this proposal has pretty much created controversy on the North Fork of Long Island. Mm -hmm. So what are they saying is the benefits for the community, if there is some? I mean, uh, I would imagine there's benefits for the business, but what about for the community? They have told us there will be 11 jobs created and that there'll be a place to put yachts. The yachts will be warm and dry in the winter and their electronics will be protected from the elements. I'm not sure of too many additional benefits for the community. I can say that from all I've learned, um, the proponents of the project are, are um, kind and popular people who uh, have several marinas around Long Island and they believe in their project. Mm -hmm. So, but there's others that don't. And that brings us to the Save Mattatuck Inlet group. They're a community group, right? And what, what is their biggest concern about this expansion that's proposed by Strong's Yacht Center? Well, first of all, before I start representing another group, I, I, I do work for uh, Save the Sound, and I've been advising this group, which has, as you say, becoming more organized over time. Um, so I don't speak for Save Mattatuck Inlet, but I am associated with them and work closely with them. So I, I think I can speak about what their concerns are and what Save the Sound's concerns are. And and actually, this group is more organized than you think. Um, they, they started to rally around uh, their concerns about this project three years ago. And it came about when the Town of South Holt's planning board itself had concerns about this project. And the planning board has to go through uh, legal procedures with any project. And um, in this case, they invoked these New York State's State Environmental Quality Review Act, known as CEQA, and decided that a project like this required some very extensive environmental review. So the planning board said, we need an environmental impact statement on this project. And they had to go through the steps for that. And one of the first steps is to do a procedure that is called scoping. And it, it means setting out what should go into an environmental impact statement. When they held a hearing on this, Save Mattituck Inlet and Save the Sound uh, weighed in and said what topics we thought should be covered. And at that point, Save the Sound and Save Mattituck Inlet got together. And so I have been advising the group since then. The community, uh, Save Mattituck Inlet, has been highly focused, although not exclusively, on truck traffic that will be generated by this project. The excavation alone of this hill, which is over 50 feet high off the surface, off of uh, sea level, is going to require 4,500 truckloads of sand in large tractor trailers to remove all that material and take it elsewhere. And all those trucks have to come back and get another load. So it, it equals 9,000 truck trips past people's homes uh, with heavy burdens. And it's been calculated uh, that this would be every seven minutes, uh, nine, to, nine to five, um, throughout a six-month period through working hours. And so the roads are narrow. They're small residential winding roads with hills. 
and there's a great concern about a disruption to the community, uh, traffic safety, and um, and and the the condition of the roads um, afterwards. So I think that the town of Southwell Planning Board is also very concerned about that, and they seem to also be focused on that. Save the Sound, of course, is very focused on water quality and on habitat, and our concerns relate to the destruction of a forest uh, that has endangered species in it, That's uh, a forest type that's considered vulnerable in the state of New York, and the fact that this this forest is contiguous with and actually part of a larger forest that contains a town-owned nature preserve that's supposed to be forever wild. Uh, this will go right up to the boundaries of that or within you know, less than 100 feet away and uh, will have adverse impacts on the town's nature preserve. Also, there will be infrastructure placed into the new project site, including uh, sanitary systems and propane tanks and fuel stations, et cetera, that in the face of climate change and sea level rise can pose dangers to water quality. So we, we have been studying this project alongside the town of Southhold's planning board for a couple of years while a draft environmental impact statement was prepared by the developer. And that was released earlier this year, and there were public hearings on it in May and June. Uh, the public came out in droves. There were extensive comments at a public hearing, and thousands of pages of people's written commentary produced uh, for the town to digest and understand as they proceed through the environmental review process. Sounds like a very big project. The first thing that jumped out at me was what you mentioned that everybody seems to be concerned about. And that my brother lives out in Ketchog and I go out there quite often. And it, to me, to run trucks up and down, basically there's two arteries that you could do, Sound Road and and what's that, 23? They are the two roads that are going to take most of the, the traffic. It's already a nightmare out there. So I was right, right away going, wow, this yeah. is really asking a lot of the community. It is. And and so you're, you were close. It's Route 25 that runs. It's a state route runs east west through the North Fork and Sound Avenue becomes what locals call the North Road as it proceeds east from Riverhead into Southhold. And uh, yes, heavily traversed, not just in the summer, but right through to pretty much Thanksgiving, because we also have pumpkin season and the harvest Apple season. And yes, and the and we have the vineyards that are um, highly treasured by tourists. And so the roads are already congested. It's already a problem on the North Fork for everybody. It is a community quality of life problem. It's also a public safety problem. Many people you speak to who live here are very concerned about being having a traffic jam when an ambulance needs to get through because there are very few alternatives. And we have a few agrotainment or you know agricultural entertainment farms along Sound Avenue that do clog up traffic and adding 4500 trucks to that and these are huge trucks you know they have six to seven axles and you know with double wheels and carrying heavy loads having them idling um, in this traffic potentially harming the roads trying to make hard turns where they have to go up onto people's property or onto curbs. We're looking at damage to the roads as well as additional 
congestion. And as a matter of fact, the, the next door town uh, to the west that's on the same North Fork of Long Island is the town of Riverhead. And the town of Riverhead town board wrote a letter to the Southhold planning board objecting to the truck traffic that would be generated by this project. And they pointed out that Sound Avenue is not only an historic road, but it's considered a scenic byway. And they're very, very concerned about the additional truck traffic. Sure. I stopped for pies at one place and I stopped for horseradish at another place. It's like it's one of those one of those uh, well-traveled by lots of people who go out there to get the local agriculture products. And yeah, it's You're right. Uh, this is this would to, seems to me would be a big burden for the community. And in the bigger picture, disruption to the community is one thing. But here we are again asking a area to put up with a possible destruction of natural resources that are fast disappearing. And I, I, I question that, you know, like forests are hard to come by. It take a long time to grow. And we're seeing that the, the fact that this destruction in Brazil, it became a very big, big question. And trees are valuable. And uh, in my opinion, and people that listen to this program's opinion, that we need to protect those. So you're talking about how many 600 trees you said will be taken down, and then they're going to remove all the dirt to make it level with sea level? All that's right. Kevin. And, you know, the North Fork is known for its vineyards and its scenic vistas and its waterways. It's been a farming community for 300 plus years, um, in some cases, 400 years. We have a diminishing amount of forested land here, uh, making each forested area all the more valuable because of the resources, that, that the natural ecosystem services that are provided by forests. And you can plant trees, but you can't necessarily create a forest. Only time, soil, insects, fungi, and many interactions of many different species can create a forest. And it takes a while. It take it could take 100 years. It can take 500 years, depending on what, what you want. Um, you can't plant trees and get a forest, at least not right away. You may get some shade but you're not necessarily going to get those ecosystem functions back. Right. And so one of the most critical resources anywhere on Long Island, but particularly the North Fork where our, our underground, our groundwater resources are fragile because they're not deep. It's not a deep aquifer that you might find in the central part of Long Island. It's a shallow aquifer. It's sensitive to um, saltwater intrusion. It's sensitive to pollution forests are among the only places where you could send precipitation and you don't have to send it of course it falls from the sky where precipitation can enter our groundwater here without being tainted by something it picks up along the way sure. and if, if you think about a rain that falls on a roadway before it hits a recharge basin or seeps into the ground along the sides of the roadway it's it's going to pick up oils and greases and hydrocarbons from cars and uh, material from picked up by wheels and tires and leaks in automobiles and trucks that will all get into the soil if you have uh, rain falling on an agricultural field then anything that's been applied to that agricultural field whether it's fertilizers or pesticides or fungicides can also go with the rainwater down into the soil and some of it ultimately will reach the aquifer. Same with people's lawns. But if you have rain falling on a forest, it's unadulterated. 
when that rain finally reaches the soil and percolates down into the aquifer, it's pure. And, and it would seem to me that removing the forest, uh, not only and the destruction and that the construction will cause, it, it will have some effect on the inlet itself and runoff because there, there's nothing to retain the water. And I mean, we just went through a rainstorm just five minutes ago that it, they're frightening how potent they are now because of the warming of the planet. And all this is just will rush off into the inlet and will affect the inlet, I would guess. Well, well, Kevin, you're absolutely right about the removal of a forest and the removal of a natural system and its ability to attenuate stormwater runoff. That That's one of the ecosystem services that forests provide. And when you take away the forest and change the landscape so that it becomes you know, only 10 feet above sea level from its previous 50 feet, uh, yes, you're adding stormwater that again, picks up materials that will be used in a boatyard that could include paints and cleaning chemicals, but also fuel spills, anything else that's there, including a septic system that has to be installed for the new buildings. It is an advanced septic system that they're proposing, but nonetheless, if you have stormwater runoff joined by a rising tide, a storm tide, a very bad storm, or over time from sea level rise, it can intercept those things and pollute Mattituck Inlet and ultimately Long Island Sound. So you're talking about yachts. So that seems to me that uh, can the inlet handle larger boats that come in? And are there plans to do some dredging to make it accessible by larger boats? To, to speak too much more on this, I'd be outside of my realm of knowledge. But the project proponent says that it does not need to be dredged in order to serve this project. On the other hand, the, f the same family is involved with an effort to dredge Mattituck Inlet in a separate action. And that's going to take some time because it's a federally uh, maintained navigable channel. So it requires the Army Corps to be involved and it's gonna require testing of the sediments and, and a lot of other things before that goes forward. But we've been told that um, for the project that we're talking about to be successful, it at this time doesn't need to be dredged. However, we know that there are parts of the mouth of the inlet that are accumulating sand. We know that these boats are large. They would have to be very careful coming in to dock there and stick to very closely to the center of the channel. And it's gonna be shared by other boats as well. I, I need to say, that nobody at Save the Sound or anybody at Save Mattituck Inlet, as far as I know, is against boating. We're not against yachts either. It's just, do you have the right place for the right project? You know, if I were to accept that boats need to be kept dry in the winter and that uh, they need to be kept warm and, and heated by propane in a safe uh, storage building, that would be one thing. I, I'm not here to challenge that. But even so, is this the right place to do that? Do you really need to do it in a place where you have to excavate an entire hill, bring it down to sea level, remove more than 630 mature trees, as well as all the understory and everything else that grows in a forest, uh, haul it away and prepare a site for two giant one acre buildings each over an acre? Is this the right place for that? Mm -hmm. And I, I would maintain it's not. I do maintain it's not. 
I'm Kevin Gallagher, and this is Digging in the Dirt. I'm speaking with Louise Harrison, a Long Island Natural Areas Manager for Save the Sound and an advisor to the Save Mattituck Inlet Community Group. Let me ask you, what are the chances that this will go forward? I mean, is this a, a thumbs up or thumbs down proposition, or is there a compromise? Uh, what's your assessment of what's going on with the local government and the community group and the business? Well, Kevin, there's no never a short answer when it comes to environmental review. I wish there were. It's a complicated and lengthy process. And as, as I mentioned, it was three years ago that the South Hold Town Planning Board decided that an environmental impact statement had to be produced. It was another couple of years before one was ready to be reviewed by the public. And now there's a, a period of time where the planning board and its consulting firm have to review all the comments that have come in. They have to categorize them into different topic areas and decide how to respond to the community's concerns, um, as well as the project proponents' comments that have also been made and their supporters. I would say this work began sometime in mid-July. Here we are in mid-September, and as far as I understand, the consultants are still reviewing all the comments that have come in. So at a certain point, when the planning board feels that they understand what all the comments are and have decided how to respond to them, they're going to put their consultant to work in preparing a final environmental impact statement. They might prepare a supplemental environmental impact statement, which would address one or two particular topics. Save the Sound and Save Mattituck Inlet and a couple of other groups have suggested that there needs to be a supplemental environmental impact statement on the topic of the northern long-eared bat, which is endangered and lives in those woods and would lose habitat with the destruction of the forest. And it might require its own treatment in its own document. When all that is done, and I can't tell you when that would be, it could be months, it could be another year. It's not easy for me to predict. All I can say, though, is that the town of South Hope Planning Board really is trying to be very careful. That seems to be obvious. Then they produce something called a findings statement. And at that point, they'll be deciding if they should approve the project or not based on their findings. And then we'll know. And then we'll know. You know, there are those of us who really think the best alternative is to purchase the property for open space preservation. I'm of that opinion myself. And I do hope that the town can make overtures to the strong firm and, and suggest that this is a good alternative for them. They'd have some amount of fi financial remuneration for the, for the property. They come out looking like heroes because they'd be protecting land that everybody would like to protect. And it could be uh, joined on to the nature preserve and expanding the size of the nature preserve. I really hope that this is an alternative they would take seriously and, and perhaps even offer up to the town. I think, you, you know, it would also help to bring people together. The town of Southhold knows the importance of land preservation. And when I say the town of Southhold, I don't just mean the government. The people here, they understand it. And they've been hard at work at land preservation here for years and years. I think that would be an alternative that would make everybody happy.
Yeah, I've been going out there for years and it has changed already quite a bit, you know, loss of farmland to some uh, housing and mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And it, it would seem to me being a hardcore environmentalist that this is a, a lot to ask of a rural area like that. There's such tiny roads and it's so beautiful out there. And and I just I hope it, it gets worked out to the satisfaction of the local community. If somebody's listening and they want to get more information and they want to do something and they want to get involved, where do you want to send them? You can have them contact me, uh, Louise Harrison. It's lharrison at savethesound.org is my email address. They can do a Google search for Save Mattituck Inlet online and take a look at that excellent website that's been put together by that group, which has, it's chock filled with information about the project and has some really good videos in it that explain, uh, give you a really good visual idea of what's going on. Uh, what could happen, and we'll put you in touch with the leaders of that group as well. Great. You know, Louise, I want to have you back again just to talk about what Save the Sound is doing out there on the Long Island side. We were quite friendly with the Connecticut side, but I think it's really important that we support you guys in what you're doing for Long Island Sound and the environs around the Long Island. So I'd like to have you back for that. Thank you, Kevin. I'd love to. Okay. Well, thank you, Louise Harrison, the uh, Long Island Natural Areas Manager for Save the Sound. Thank you for coming today and, and filling us in. It was very interesting. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Kevin. Thank you so much. We love working with communities and we love to help push environmental protection forward. And, and I really thank you for this opportunity today. It's been great. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. 